Hello everyone, this is your host Charlie Goldfin and welcome to today's podcast in Recently Watched, where I discuss films and cinema in greater detail. Today's episode is somewhat special, not because we're talking about things outside of film, but because we're talking about a cinematic movement, one that has attracted cinephiles from all over the world and influenced the cinematic landscape for its people and region. Well, no, it's not the French New Wave, or the Italian Neorealism, or Cinema Nuovo. Instead, we move to the East to find the gem, the Taiwanese New Wave. Now let's jump straight to the point. Taiwan's film industry before the New Wave was propaganda films that imposes national identity of Taiwan as Chinese. This contrasts with the people's perspectives, which were more liberal and had already developed a nationalistic sense of Taiwan as a country with Taiwanese as its people. An identity that had previously been lost after so many years under Chinese and Japanese rule. Nonetheless, with the Taiwanese film industry in crisis due to the Taiwanese people not watching it, something had to be done. A breath of fresh air came to the Taiwanese cinema as young Taiwanese filmmakers, many Western-trained, emerged from the movement called the Taiwanese New Wave in the 80s. These filmmakers aimed to break traditions and develop a new form of cinema that portrays the Taiwanese people and their society during a period of profound political and economic change in Taiwan. Many of the new wave filmmakers were more independent, with low budget production values, as a form of rebellion against the studio system promoting Chinese nationalism that stood before it. Its films focus on the struggles of the working class, are shot on location with non-professional actors, and used improvised dialogue. A particular characteristic is its use of long takes, a focus on environment or architecture, alongside the characters in often urban settings like Taipei, in which filmmakers showcase the effects of Taiwan's accelerated urbanization at the time. These long takes were used to depict real life through time by emphasizing on unedited realism, only cutting out when a major change in setting or action is needed. Now these realistic long takes, non-professional actors improvise dialogue and its focus to tell stories of the working class promotes a realistic and genuine portrayal of Taiwanese identity within the films. Some of the film talks about previously taboo subject materials, particularly about politics and the trauma it causes. An example is Ho Xia Shen's City of Sadness, set during the February 28 incident in 1947 where martial law first began and thousands of Taiwanese were killed by the Kuomintang. Then, Edward Yang's A Brighter Summer Day, following a boy's turn to delinquency in 60s society of Taiwan that was also ruled by the Kuomintang. Then, there are films that explore modernity, such as Sai Ming Lang's Rebel of the Neon Gods, about the lives of youth in 90s Taipei, where isolation and loss of identity led to delinquency as well. Or Edward Yang's Yi Yi, exploring generations of a Taiwanese family in Taipei on their individual struggle, their breakup, how they overcome their problems, and their reunion as people who have changed and learned from their experience. What is certain from these films and the Taiwanese New Wave is that it tells stories of the normal middle-class people dealing with universal human struggles at a time when Taiwan as a society and nation is changing. Nowadays, the Taiwanese New Wave is effectively dead, with prominent directors like Edward Yang already passed away, Ho Xiao Shen not making films, and Sai Ming Lang and Ang Lee going abroad. However, the new wave has left a legacy that not only paved the way for the generation of Taiwanese cinema, 
but resulted in Taiwan cinema being positioned in the world stage. It also came to influence other Asian cinemas, particularly Hong Kong, China, and Japan. However, this movement, with its emphasis on natural and real portrayals of Taiwanese people and society, serves as a reminder that films can connect people outside of its capability to bring joy and entertainment. It's the fact that it can unite and compel people from so many different cultures in its portrayal of politics or society, its portrayal of universal human struggles, or beauty in even the smallest moments. With that, we have reached the end of today's episode. Thank you for listening to Recently Watched. I'm your host, Charlie Goldfin, signing out. <laughs>